0: So there I was, my high school graduation. My dad said, son, you're handsome. Probably better looking than me. And I appreciate your hard work and everything that you've done for this family so far. So I am gonna pay for your first year of college. And you can decide where you wanna go, but I will pay for your entire freshman year. Dad, I wanna go to UNC. Alright, It's paid for. It's paid for. And then there I was, standing first day of college or first weekend, and my parents are driving away, and I'm like, ha ha, suckers. I'm on my own now. And so I go upstairs, and I go into my dorm room, and I meet my roommates, and they're a bunch of weirdies. <laughs> but they have this magical, magical thing this device that you plug into the TV called an Xbox box. box box. This Xbox box, 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 transports you into another world called Halo, Halo. In my freshman year, I was ordained, if you will, with this, with this immaculate just universe of A pistol is the best weapon in the game. And I was a wizard with that pistol. And my whole freshman year of college, I didn't go to class, 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 class. class. I went to Halo, Halo, Halo. And I failed, 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 failed. And then I got kicked out, 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 out of school. school. Straight up, this is what happened to me. It was terrible. And then I was forced uh, after my freshman year of college to come home. And the whole year, I was, my dad would be like, how you doing, son? Oh, I bet you're even more handsome. And you know, there's that freshman 15. I walked into UNC at 220, and I left at 265. <laughs> freshman 15, my butt and gut and everything. I was chunky, chunky. It was, it was not good. And I get home and my dad's like, Will, how, how was your freshman year? How did my $15,000 go? Adulting sucks. It sucks so bad. So bad. I was very irresponsible my freshman year. I had to tell my dad, yeah, I pulled out four credits out of 24 I should have gotten. Yeah, I passed English and communication. Two things I did not do to my dad. (laughs) Tell him what happened or anything. But adulting sucks. Man, it is hard. And especially when we start talking about this stuff called money. Everybody say money. Money. Gotta have it. But isn't it that one subject you just love talking to your parents about? Oh man, especially if you don't have a job, right? And then they remind you that they have a job and that you don't. That was a lot of my high school career as well. Money is what we're talking about. And specifically tonight, we're going to talk about the adulting skill called stewarding your money. Adulting sucks. And when we talk about big words sometimes, we're just like, I don't want to hear it. I am still in high school. I don't need to grow up yet. I am going to teach you some things that like, I learned the hard way. $15,000 of disappointment looked me in the face, all right? And I don't want that to happen to you, all right? I, I, I had a lot of mistakes in my life, and I think a lot of us here that are, are in our 20s, and I'm still in my 20s, yeah! And, and, like, we have some knowledge and some wisdom to pass on to you about the growing pains of growing up and adulting. Now the whole series sounds bad, but you know what we're talking about. Adulting sucks, But let me give you some context where we're going tonight. And I pray that you can hop on board with me because I believe God has some awesome stuff for you tonight, for your heart tonight. It's not just talking about this thing called money and it's like, oh, the church is talking about money again. Like God has something for your heart tonight. And I believe every time we walk into this room, God has something for us. God wants to speak and to bless every single person in this room with abundance because he's a good dad, because he's a good God. John 10, 10 says the thief's purpose, meaning Satan, his purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, all right? But my purpose, and this is Jesus talking, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Who wants a rich and satisfying life today? You want a rich and satisfying life? That's right, everybody should have their hands up. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm talking about the rich and satisfying life flowing with Chick-fil-A, right? Right? Nuggets and spicy sandwiches that the prices never go up on, right? That, that sort of rich and satisfying life. The satisfying life filled with new shoes and the latest iPhone. Uh, like a, a satisfying life filled with car stereo that works in all parts of the car, right? A rich and satisfying life that gives you the ability to, while you pump gas, just stare into the distance, because you don't care what those numbers are doing. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about rich and satisfying life. Who wants that kind of life? Who wants that kind of life? If you don't like Chick-fil-A, if you're Burger King, that's fine, okay? But God is out to give us a rich and satisfying life. And you know something that I heard a lot when I was growing up was that money is the root of evil. Have You guys ever heard that before? Money is the root of all evil. I heard that all growing up. And did you know that's not right? That's not what that Bible verse says. It's not. First Timothy 6, 10 says, for the love of money is, for the love, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith, wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I love the visual of that. It's that like if you love money, it's like you're just stabbing yourself. You're stabbing yourself, and this is what the Bible says, so for the love, the love of money is the root of all evil, and any material thing that you give your love to is an idol, and God is in the business of breaking down idols in our lives. He's in the business of making sure that the one thing in our life that we care about the most, that we were, like want the most is God, and oftentimes, what we do what the world convinces us to do is the one thing that we worry about the most becomes where our love goes, where all of our attention goes, where all of our passion goes. And if you're worried and, and trying to control all this money stuff, then oftentimes money starts being that self-inflicting wound. It's like you're stabbing yourself. Luke 16.10 says this about being a good steward. If you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful with the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. That sounds like, I think my mom said the exact words to me when I was a kid. If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? God is very clear that if you wanna have more, you need to take care of the things that you have now. You wanna have more in the future, you need to take care of the stuff that you have now. And this starts now. Like this starts right where you are. I I would say this exact same thing to the, to the middle schoolers, to the second through fifth graders. It starts with the little so that when you grow into the lot, you're you already well-versed and well-practiced in taking care of your money. And that's what stewardship is. It's just taking care of whatever you're, you're taking care of. You can steward a lot of different things. You can steward your car by giving it an oil change or... Asking your dad to see if he can get an oil change, (laughs) or um, you you can steward your iPhone by not dropping it, right? Or not texting while you're driving. That's bad stewardship of everything in your life, right? Just taking care of stuff. Taking care of stuff is what we're talking about tonight. And I know that we need money to survive, and that's the truth. We need money. In this culture, in the U.S., you just need money to survive. You have to, like, that's just the currency. You have to pay for stuff. You have to be able to put a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food on the table. That's, like, the main three things that we need to survive as just humanity. And in America, in, in, in most circumstances, you need money to do it. It's just the truth. That's just how it works here. We're not, like, mountain men living in Canada where, like, we have to, like, shoot a bear for clothes, right? That's not That's not our culture, all right? That bear skins... Don't buy stuff here except cool factor and you can probably grow your beard out for that sort of business. But I wanna, I wanna present to you three steps that each and every one of us needs to take in order to see God move in your finances, in your money. Who wants to see God move something big in their finances? I mean, that should be everybody, right? I mean, it, whether it's, it's tomorrow, it's next week, it's next year, it's in five years, you, you would love to see God move in that way. And the first step, the first step into taking care of your money is to give it away. It makes no sense, does it? It makes no sense. The, but the first step to, to take care of your money is just to give it away, just to give it away. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a tithe, all right? Now, why on earth would I give it away? Well, first of all, we're created in God's image, and God's a giver. God gives it's like one of the biggest characteristics that you see throughout the entire Bible is that God is a giver. And in the first three books of the Bible, it's set up and t- it's said that we as humans are created in God's image. So then we take on his characters as, the, as what really we're, we really are. Who you are equals whose you are. And whose you are is a giver. He's a giver, all right? And, and, and the biggest representation of this in scripture is when we look one of the most popular verses in the Bible. And that's just John 3.16. I don't have it here because I haven't memorized, because it's like the most important verse ever. Alright? For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He didn't sell, He gave His one and only Son. So that no one will perish, but they will have eternal life. God gave his one and only son. You know, this verse, like one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible, you see quoted everywhere in John three sixteen, all that stuff. I didn't, that didn't really have much meaning for me until I had a kid. And when I look at my daughter, when I look at my daughter, her name is Ruby and she is just, oh, she's so cute. When I look at my little girl, and I try and put myself in God's shoes and that God gave his son. Could I give my daughter to be betrayed, to be beaten, and to be murdered for somebody else's salvation? If that was on me. I think the world would be pretty unlucky. I don't think I have the strength to be able to give that little girl. I, in fact, I would fight for her to not give her away. So when I look at what God can do and how strong he is to be able to give his one and only son to be betrayed, beaten, and then murdered for every single heart on the planet, I can say, yeah, you know what? I can give part of me. I can give, I can give my talents. I can give parts of myself away. And yes, I can give my treasures away because my father gave it all for me. So when you look at it like that, it's like you who you are is a giver. That's a natural part of, of who we are as believers. The Bible teaches us to give God one tenth of, of anything. Everybody say a tenth. All right? Tenth is a tithe. Tithe is a tenth. You never heard that before? That's what that means. All right? Give a tithe. That's just one-tenth of anything that you bring in money-wise. All right. You get your paycheck, or if you have a job, and 10% of the gross, not after taxes, just so you know, all right? Of the gross, you're, you're just normally, normal hour pay, 10% supposed to come back to God, come back to the church. And this is what it says in Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse in this verse is just the church, the local church, that would be here, 4640. If you, if you normally attend here in 4640, this is where your tithes would go. And if I can have somebody bring me an offering box, that would be awesome too, because I'm gonna reference that in just a second but keep going in this verse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, this is just God talking, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. You don't got enough pockets for the Benjamins that Jesus wants to pour out on you. You don't, right? You won't have enough room. Try it put me to the test. This is our offering box. This thing lives, all right? There's two of them, two brothers apparently, and and they they, they live on the sides of these bleachers right here, the side banks, all right? So you got the eggs the and the coffee tables and stuff like that. Um, those sides, there's just these two boxes, and it's just an offering, offering box. Tithe, this is where tithe goes. So you just check or cash or whatever. Generally, if I find any money in here, by the way, I just put it right in here. I say, offering for the Lord, and I put it in, all right? So that is what... Uh, this is where the tithe goes. But what Jesus is saying in that verse is like, well, God's saying, put me to the test. That's the only time God ever says that in scripture. This is the only subject about what God says, put me to the test on. When Jesus is tempted by Satan in the desert, in the Bible it says um, that, that Satan said, why don't you turn these rocks into bread so you can eat them? Because Jesus didn't eat for like 40 days when, when Satan told him this. And, and Jesus' response was, thou shalt not test the Lord. Don't put God to the test. But God right here is saying, "Oh, but there's one thing you can test me in. And that's money, 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 money. Anybody know that? Okay, it's just me. That's fine. Put God to the test on this. God himself is saying that I will pour out a blessing so great. Most of us that um, have, have started tithing, you, we, we probably have financial breakthrough stories. Um, I, I really started tithing when I got employed here at the church, like, like very regularly. Um, when, I, when I got this pastoral job, I was still engaged um, to my wife, Robin, and she's in the house. I don't know where she's sitting, though. Hey, she's in the back. She's awesome. She's the most beautiful girl on the planet. Um, so we, we were engaged in stuff, and I get employed here, and we start, we, we start tithing. So right away, first thing, check comes in, 10%. Off of of the gross, the gross meaning like if you just multiplied, if you make 10, 25 an hour, you multiply that by your hours, that number, 10% of that, straight to Jesus. We started doing that and um, we got hit in the tax season in our first year of marriage and we got like, we owed like $2,000 out of nowhere. And we were living in like a two-car garage apartment at that time. Um, it was very small and we had nothing in the bank. In fact, we had, we had a bunch of debt. We had some student loans and some credit card debt. So we like negative amounts of money, okay? And, and, and we owed $2,000 all of a sudden. Like it was February and in April we owed 2,000. And I'm like, God, we need a breakthrough. And it's crazy what happened was the only thing that we had worth that was around that was a car and my, my truck. And so I, I put my truck up for sale for um, 2,500 and I sold it that day. For twenty-four hundred, because the guy wanted one hundred dollars, and and so I <laughs> had a little extra money even, and, and so we said I sell it for twenty-four hundred. That week, Robin's brother decides to go to the military, and he gave us his jeep. Two thousand dollars out, plus five, or four, because I bargained right, and then, and then we we got a better newer jeep for free. That's how God works. And, that, and when you come underneath the tithe, when you come underneath that blessing, you, don't, it, you, you, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. Another um, story I'll share with you very briefly is um, Robin and I, we were uh, expecting Ruby. And so Ruby was not born yet, but she was coming, right? Uh, Robin was pregnant. And I remember, like, if you didn't know, babies cost you a lot of money, okay? Not just sleep, but money. They cost you money. And, and so um, in the roundabout realm of what we needed and what I planned for was $4,000 that we didn't have. Um, I needed $4,000. We needed $4,000 to pay the hospital to make sure that we, have, we can have this kid and we can pay the kid off, apparently, how this world works. But I needed it. So I remember I, I journal on my computer because my handwriting is awful, all right? And I can't read it again, so I'm journaling And I, I remember asking Jesus on a certain morning, Um, I should have brought it up for this, but I I asked him, I was like, God, I need $4,000. We need $4,000. And so I'm asking, and I remember praying the words, God, we're faithful with what we have, and I'm just asking you, I need $4,000 or breakthrough here. That night, I get an email from my aunt that my grandmother, who had passed away months before, somehow had me in her will, and I've only met her like four times. Guess what that number was? $4,049. $4,049. Same day I asked it. Same day. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. It's just crazy. And I'm and I if you talk to any of us on staff or some of the volunteers, if we regularly talk, we have breakthrough stories. All of us. You can and it's just nuts. And and there are crazier stories out there of complete strangers giving people cars because they asked for for it that day or whatever that week and, and, and they the the, the common fact of all of this is that you come underneath that blessing. People that come underneath that blessing reap rewards that are just insane. It's crazy. And if if you believe the fact that God made everything, he created everything, everything is God's, then you would believe the fact that all the money is God's. He's got stacks and stacks of dough, okay? And if you believe the fact that all the money is his, then he's given you 90%, right? He gives you the money. He just wants 10% back. You still get 90%. That's an A <laughs> or four, whatever you guys do in school, right? That, A minus, A-, but still an A. That is good stuff. And what's crazy is I will bet everything that like you look at the finances, somebody that ties, that 90% goes further than 100 of somebody that doesn't every time. The numbers don't make sense. God is just the best, because He can bless it, and we can't even understand it. The 90 percent that my family has used since we've started tithing has gone just way past what keeping that would have done. Luke 6:38 says, "Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full." pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So 10% isn't just this solid number. You can totally give extra too. Extra giving is called an offering, all right? And those can go a lot of different places you wanna choose, a separate mission or anything like that. And, and we can get into that other stuff, but like, you're, you're gonna get out of this what you put into it. 10% is what the Bible says to start out. So I encourage you, that is the first way that you could really take care of your money. The final thing, or the next thing that we need to do uh, to take care of our money is a budget. Math time, bring it out. I put my math teacher glasses on, did you see? Did you see? Come on over, I'm gonna bring my beautiful wife up. There she is, oh gosh, I wasn't looking in the mirror. Okay. Everybody needs to tell me if they can see it. Is that better? Are we solid if I stand out of the way? Okay, so a budget. This is my lovely wife, Robin. Thank goodness Ruby looks like her and not me. That was another answered prayer. I don't know if it's connected to our money, but I was like, Jesus, please don't let her look like me. She came out beardless. It was awesome. All right. So a budget, all a budget is, is you like prioritizing where your money goes each week, each month, however you wanna do it. We're gonna do a monthly here. So um, the, just put number one, all right, the first thing that you need to take care of in your budget, can you guys guess it? Bill. Not bills. Tithe. Tithe, there we go, I like it. Tithe, what? There's gonna be four, good question. Just your tithe, all right? We just talked about how that is important. Now, one thing I do want to say is it's super important to give God the very first because this is what happens. If you don't give God that 10th right away, the world's gonna take it. If you don't plan where your money's gonna go, it still will go to Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or this broke down, you had to pay for that or whatever. So if you give God that first, 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 then You get that out of the way, and then, boom, you have the rest of the 90 to work with, and God can bless all of that. All right? So number two, first one's a tithe. We talked about that. Number two is savings. And I really want to be clear for this. Savings is money that you don't spend. Does everybody get that? Everybody understand how savings works? Right? You save it. Save it, okay? And I'm not talking about, I'm gonna save up for an iPhone. No, that's different. We'll talk about that later. Savings, what this is, I'm talking about is, goes in a savings account. If you guys can open one of those, ask your parents, freshman, sophomores, if you wanna open one, you might need your parents to be able to do that. A junior, senior generally can open your own um, savings account Open it up so that you don't have access to it. If I got cash in my pocket, and my wife knows this, I will spend it, all right? If there's cash in my nightstand or in a piggy bank, I will break that bank as soon as I can to get more Chick-fil-A or whatever it may be, okay? That's how it works. So savings is so you put it somewhere, and the big thing is, and put a little, like a little thing underneath that says emergencies, All right, this is what this is for, okay? So if you have an emergency fund and Aaron, you get a flat tire because you ran over some turkey's screw that he left out in the street for whatever reason, then you gotta fix that, right? Well, it won't come out of all your other stuff if you already had some savings put away. And then it's just no big deal. It's no big deal. And then each month you keep throwing into that. All right, so on the very end, honey, can you put 5%, 5%. That's all, we're, all we're asking is 5%. 5% of what you bring in every single month goes to savings, all right? If you need help any, ever crunching these numbers or anything, like this is something the pastoral staff loves to do, all right, I, I love breaking down budgets and like getting into that stuff. We would love to help you, ask your small group leaders. Um, Chuck is like a wizard at this, he knows way more than I do. Um, but that's what we're talking about here. So tithes first and then savings, which is for emergencies, don't spend it, 5%. That's all it is. Just 5% goes in. All right. Um, Proverbs twenty-one twenty says this, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. How many times you, has your, has your, again, been overdrafted on debit card? Oh, I've been overdrafted so many times in my life. How many times have you just ran out and you can't buy something, something like that, right? You This is what the the Proverbs said, what the Bible says. The foolish man spends whatever he gets, but the wise man saves for the future. Adulting sucks. It does. I get it. It does. Number three, necessities. Necessities. We'll need a little bit of room to write a few things. All right. Necessities is what you have to pay for each month. So I just want, I'm just curious about this too. Who in here um, has to pay for their own phone bill or a portion of their phone bill? Anybody? A few of us? A portion of your own phone bill? All right. That would go in necessities. That would go, you have to pay it. All right. You have to pay it. Who in here has to pay for their own gas if they drive? Anybody have to pay for their own gas if they drive? That is a necessity. You, you're, <laughs> your, your car won't run on hopes and dreams, right? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And how many times you just will it to get to that gas station, like just a little bit more baby. And you're like rubbing the dash like come on, girl. Come on, you can do it. My truck's name is La Blanquita, right? Which I think means little, little white girl. But um, I think that's, <laughs> I'm not well-versed in Spanish, but I'll rub the dash, but come on, baby, we can get there, we can get there. It's fine, right? Um, okay, what are, we have uh, phone. Um, anybody have to pay for rent? Okay, you will, like some of you within a year, Okay. <laughs> This is where that would go if you, if you do um, have to do any of that uh, sort of stuff. Anybody have to pay for their own car insurance at all or a portion of their insurance? All right, well done. My dad, when I moved out, especially after the college thing, he's like, you're on your own. You are on your own. All right, so that's necessities. All right, and I think a portion of food can go to that, but y'all live with your parents still, you can eat what's in the cupboards. All right, it's true. You can eat what's in the cupboards. Um, all right, number four. What's that? No, the percentage here will go for, good question, thank you, honey. Um, The the percentage for necessities varies because it could be, you might not have to pay for any of this stuff. And so then you get to throw everything in number four, which is everything else, all right? That's all the fun stuff. We're talking movies, entertainment, bananas, um, video games, yeah, all of it, all the fun stuff. Everything else gets encompassed there. But the thing is, On your budget, you have to do them in order. Everybody say in order. order. Oh, not everybody said it. In order, right? You have to do the tithe first, then the savings, then your necessities, and then your entertainment. If you do this, you will only get more money. Do you see this works? Because you're saving. You're under God's blessing. You will only get more if you do this. Do it in order, okay? Your percentages could look a little different. Now, some of you might be like, yo, Pastor Will, I don't even have anything to budget. (laughs) I just, I just, I don't have anything yet. This is the truth, and I'll tell you this. If you want money, get a job. If you want, if you really want your own money, get a job. And this is how you get a job. You apply for a job. I don't know if you guys knew, okay? And I'm not trying to be mean or anything like this, but this is something that we, we see as youth pastors as well as we, I've, we've all had, had to apply for multiple jobs in our lives and things like that as well, is that if you wanna get a job, you can't be picky about your first job because your first job, you have no work experience to get. So you have to apply somewhere and that first job is probably one of the most important jobs you'll ever work because that is your only work experience at that point. So if your first job is flipping burgers at Burger King, you better flip the junk out those burgers. Like you better just be the best king ever, all right, at the burger, okay? You better, like everything your boss wants, it is there, flame broiled, delicious, have it your way, okay? That, you, that is what you need to do because if you rock your first job, Your boss will give you a good recommendation for anything else, and then the doors start opening to where you can be a little bit more picky. You can try and apply for what you want, but I'm telling you, if you need a job, you apply everywhere, and don't be picky. If you're picky, you will go a long time without getting a job, and then you're gonna complain about not getting a job, because no one will hire you, but you're only playing in the places you wanna practice. I worked at Jimmy John's for five years as a sandwich artist. All right? Don't tell me about jobs you don't want to do. Thank you, honey. Give it up for my hot wife. It's really important to make sure that you follow this budget. You make sure you tithe. And then the third thing is, and this is something that the world is going to hit you with. And you have to remember these words. If there's something that really sticks in your face, of course, let it be the tithe. Let it be God first. But if there's anything else, no debt. Everybody say no debt. No debt. No debt. debt. This is what the world tells you. You have to have credit. That is a lie. A lie. You don't have to have credit. You don't. The world, I mean, how many... Like watching TV, how many Capital One commercials, MasterCard commercials, American Express commercials, Visa commercials do you see? They are all the time. The culture is pounding it into all of us that you have to have a credit card. You have to build your credit. You have to build your credit for stuff. You guys don't need credit right now. No way. Honestly, the only time I've ever used my credit score is to buy a house. Are you guys ready to buy a house right now? No, like I wanna get a full tank of gas, thank you, right? <laughs> You do not need a credit card and society and maybe even some of your parents say that you do. You do not need a credit card, all right? This is, uh, <clears throat> well, so there I was. <laughs> Adulting sucks, guys, all right? This is what, this is, this is what happened to me. Um, in that freshman year of Halo, all right, in college, I went to the University Center. In the University Center, there was a Wells Fargo bank, and I happened to bank a Wells Fargo bank, so I strolled on in, and I had to deposit a scholarship check that I got, because in high school, it's really smart, but in college, I got really dumb, all right? And I, I deposited my check, and then before I knew it, I had signed something, I don't even know what happened, and they handed me a credit card that was ready to go. Just handed it to me, like, here's your credit card. Oh my God, I didn't even know, it. I came in and deposited a check, I got credit sweet they're like yeah you need to build your credit you gotta build your credit so you gotta have a credit card and you gotta charge stuff on it and this credit card came with i believe at the, at the initially it was uh 12 interest and i had a low 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 limit at first i only had like a um it was under two thousand dollar limit on that and i swiped it and swiped it, and swiped it, and swiped it. I bought an iPod, I bought a longboard, I bought all my books on it, I bought all this stuff, and I'm like, free money, <laughs> And then, summer rolled around, and I never looked, I never looked at it. And I was like, oh yeah, I do have a credit card, I have a credit card bill, but I'm like, ah, not I'm not gonna worry about it now, I'm not gonna worry about it now. If, do you guys know that whatever happens in the dark festers and get, gets worse? Oh man, so all of a sudden, The bank's not telling me, but some other agency called a collections agency. (laughs) Wells Fargo didn't wanna deal with my business. They sold my my credit card to somebody else so that they would bug me. Like that's how bad it got. And when that happens, my interest rate shot up to 23%. So now instead of paying 15, I'm paying 23. And this is what the wonderfully smart, handsome Will did at the point in time. Because I worked a summer job in the Vail Valley made lots of money, Um, I'd worked really hard, I actually worked like 85 hours a week, and I had the money to pay the whole thing off in once. But what I did is I I maxed out my credit card, I cut it up, then I canceled it with a full balance. When you cancel a card with a full balance on it, it trashes your credit score, trashes it. So I did that twice, (laughs) two times the next year. I did it again. I got it. I was like, oh yeah, I need to build my credit. Swipe, 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 swipe. Maxed it out and canceled it, right? Don't go into debt because this is what happened. My wife and I, there I was, (laughs) right? Married. My wife's like, honey, you're so handsome. So wonderful and you, I'm not, she didn't say that stuff, but um, (laughs) she's in the room. I can't say that with her in the room, but. She's like, let's, we decided, let's buy a house. And I was like, all right. Well, we got to check our credit score to buy a house. Normal, like good, good solid credit scores are in the 700s. That's right, Chuck, right? 700s, is that good? You're just gonna be my man that I look at for this stuff. My credit score is in the 400s. <laughs> Chuck, is a 400 credit score going to get you anything? Zero, nada. They're going to say, get away from me. Get away. 400s, all right? And that's because... My first two years in college, I just didn't know. I didn't know. Debt is a bad thing. Don't go into debt. Now, I want to take a quick minute and talk about student loans, okay? Student loans, man, college is expensive, isn't it? I learned that. (laughs) Very, 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 I learned it. My dad still reminds me, okay, how expensive college is. Just my freshman year was 15 grand, in Greeley, at UNC, all right? Now, there's colleges out there that you will spend over $100,000 to get a degree in, all right? Let me tell you the truth about some of this college stuff. Did you guys know that you don't have to go to college right away? Did you guys know that? Okay, just making sure, because I just went to college out of school, out of high school. It's like, that's the next step. I just have to do this. I didn't have to do that, all right? And there's a lot of people out there that, that would, I would highly encourage any of you to if you go to college, choose an in-state college because this tuition is significantly cheaper, all right? Significantly cheaper to stay in the state of Colorado um, or where you're at. My my other piece of advice that I give as many people as I could possibly do because this is what happened to me (laughs) is your first two years at a university is general credits. Like they're generally universal, general, right? They're just universal. So if you really want to go to a CU Boulder or something like that, if you go to the community college in that town, pretty much all of your t- t- credits will, will transfer. So then two years is seriously like a quarter or a third of the price per credit hour. See how much cheaper that is? It's crazy. So after um, I got booted out of UNC and they're like, we don't want you back until you can prove that you can do, be good in your grades. I went to the community college and I put myself through community college being a sandwich artist. Okay, totally. It's totally available for you to be able to put yourself through school and not get um, a student loan. But the thing is, make sure that you know what you wanna go to school for before you start spending somebody else's money for it. Does that make sense? Like, know what you wanna do. And guys, it's okay. It is okay to take a year off. It's okay. I don't know what I wanna do yet. So you know what? I'm gonna make money instead of spend it, spend somebody else's money. I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna get a full-time job, maybe even two, full-time and a part-time, and I'm gonna make bank, I'm gonna be saving tons, I'm gonna be doing all this really cool stuff so that when I go to school, I got nothing to worry about because I got no debt, all right? And the, the best way for you to make money is just with your income, that's it. Just what you bring in, what you make anyway. That's the truth. Romans 12, two says don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. This world says go into debt. That's part of the world. what the world says. You know what debt reminds me of? Debt reminds me of chocolate laxatives. <laughs> Let me tell you why. <laughs> chocolate laxatives, is pretty easy to get. You can go to the market and just get it for a pretty cheap price, right? And you can eat it and it tastes like chocolate, it's awesome. And then it forces everything out of you. <laughs> just like debt will do. It's pretty easy to do, it's pretty easy to sign up. And man, you can get a student loan like that. You don't have to have credit to get a student loan. You get a student loan like that. And all of a sudden, school's over and you owe $30,000. And if you don't pay it, if you have a job, they will garnish your paychecks. They will take it from you. It will be forced from you. So whenever you look at debt, you look at a credit card, I want you to see diarrhea, okay? (laughs) Debt equals diarrhea, all right? It is like a chocolate laxative. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If you want a life that's not plagued with money issues, if you, and maybe some of us have come from a family that just, it's always been money issues. Yo, it, that's not you. It doesn't have to be. Because remember, God wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. The thief, Satan is out to steal, to kill and destroy. And he does that with money. He tries to cripple us with money. He tries to get us to love money, but not in here. Not in my heart, because I love God more than anything else. He's gonna give me a rich and satisfying life. And that could be me driving my 91 Civic till it dies because I don't have any debt. That's a rich and satisfying life. I absolutely think so. I absolutely think so. I'm driving a 99 Chevy Silverado, La Blanquita. And I love her. I'm living a rich and satisfying life right now. I am. God is good. I'm not saying that like, he's gonna make you a millionaire. But man, I can see millionaires in here right now. Absolutely. You can start now. Especially putting God first in the tie. Putting him first will always... Be more beneficial, and not just in money. I would venture to say that if you put God first in anything, you will see a breakthrough. If you you put God first in anything, you will see him move. As you put him first in your treasures, your worldly treasures, your wallets. Put him first. Bring your tithes to offerings. Set a budget. Steward your money well. Take care of it. I'm gonna save 5%. And you know what? I'm not gonna spend money I don't have. I'm gonna gonna follow a budget. And don't take chocolate laxatives, okay? Don't go into debt. Don't go into debt. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Jesus has good stuff for you guys your whole life. And money is something that you're gonna have to deal with. You're gonna have to adult with your money. Because if you don't give it a place to go, it will still go. And money doesn't care. It doesn't care. It's not going to get its feelings hurt if it's spent on Chick Fil A opposed to medicine that you need, right? It'll it'll go somewhere if you don't put it. Some, if you don't have a plan for it, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for just wanting to bless us, wanting to give us a rich and satisfying life. And I pray, God, that these these simple examples of of, of just your your power and your, the way you can move in finance is the way that you can make dollars stretch, the way that you can make cars last for way longer than they're supposed to last when we come up underneath your blessings. God, I thank you for that. Thank you for every single one of us in here that's blessed with money in our pockets right now. Thank you so much that, that Lord, that, that, that if we are just, if we're just in here loving you first, giving you our first, then God, thank you for trusting us trusting thank you thank you god for giving us the ability to trust you with it thank you for trusting us with what you've already given us god i pray for us to be faithful with the little so that that lord that you can give us more when we when we can handle it and god thank you for making those good judgment calls on that too but lord i pray that every single one of us in here can be blessed financially God, I pray for financial breakthroughs, for families that maybe are in need of, of medical bills or families that are in need of mortgage payments, anything like that, that are affecting our parents in this room. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, God, to bless those situations financially. Make things come in from somewhere where we, n- we never would have thought, God. I pray that we can see the impossible so that instead of hearing a story, we can have our own story. God, I pray that we can have our own story about how you can move in our money. Jesus, I pray, God, that, that Lord, that we don't fester a love for it with but we only are encouraged by a greater love of you. And when we look at our financial breakthroughs, we're not looking at how much we're getting. We're just looking at how awesome you are, Jesus. God, I pray that we can just give freely. We can give openly because Jesus, you, God, you are a giver. And we are created as such as well. We love you, God, in your heavenly name. Amen